Welcome everybody back to the Basement Ballers podcast. This is episode six of our podcast series, season one. You already know. I'm Kareem. Ibrahim. Why do you get so aggy about that? I'm just introducing ourselves to the new viewers. This isn't a classroom, man. That's all right, brother. I'm Kareem. <laughs> that's Brahim. You already know. We do a lot of uh, stuff on this podcast, but mainly surrounding European football, Premier League, Champions League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A. Yep. Those are the main leagues we focus on. So if that interests you and you guys want to keep track of our weekly podcast coming out every Wednesday, then follow, subscribe, do your thing. We're on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, every platform that you might imagine. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find us. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we're going to start off what we usually do with our Premier League roundup, starting with the very first matchup of this week, which was Arsenal versus Southampton. Big matchup. Raheem, this is your, these are your guys. Can hit us with a little bit of... Uh, uh, salt. For th- <laughs> uh, yeah, the league's done. No, we're not winning the league. Yeah, there's, there's nothing else to fucking say. I mean, bro, what do you, you saw the game? I watched the game. I watched you the watched game. the. Do yeah. you watch the first goal they scored? Yeah, yeah. Carbon copy yeah. of the fucking Bournemouth game, except this one was actually worse. Ram- I was looking at it in real time as well, and I and I see this shit, and I'm like. I'm looking at him and he's he's like swinging his leg like he's gonna pass to I think it was um I think it was the dude who tried to pass to was Zinchenko mm. I don't know I'm like why because I could see there's two dudes um there's two Southampton players next mm-hmm. to him so I'm just I'm like but well, don't pass him he passes it to him yeah they take it instantly and then they score and I'm mm. like what the fuck and then like the thing is <clears throat> if it was just that okay cool but then they scored a second goal and it was also like a dumb goal as well because literally. Zinchenko's meant—I mean, Zinchenko's the left back technically. He's meant to be marking Theo Walcott. He's not marking him. Theo Walcott's running in with bare space. Mm-hmm. This guy scored only two goals this whole year. It was against us and against Spurs. Yep. So like, scores. He didn't celebrate though. So you know, big man. But yeah. point is, it's like, like, bro, like these are like West Ham and and Southampton. We should not be drawing to these teams. Like Liverpool, I would have taken a point. It's better than losing. Mm. But West Ham and Southampton at home. And West Ham, who's a relegation team this year, you should not be losing points to these people. It's especially the way it is because see, even if we won that game because we scored two goals in like the in like the 87th and 89th minute, say we end up winning that game 4-3 because Jesus, Jesus got fouled at the end. We should have gotten at least one penalty that game. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, us not winning the league this year is fucking... Listen, bro, no, I, I don't I don't agree completely that you should be sort of casting your hopes away. Obviously, um, uh, Arsenal, there, uh, are, there uh, are points that Arsenal should have got. Like, the reality is this, okay? Done. You guys it's, played three games, and you got three out of nine points. It's done. Right? Again, Liverpool was, was one where you were playing at Anfield. We're up two. Won. We're up two as well. Yeah, okay, but you haven't won at Anfield since 2012, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a game where, yeah... Best case scenario, you're thinking in your head, we get a point, right? So you managed to get that point, whatever. Mm. West Ham and Southampton, though, those are games where, yeah, I, 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 I concede that you should have gotten three points both games. Especially, I would say, the, I mean, both, really. But uh, you go two up uh, against uh, West Ham, yeah. should have kind of com- kept your composure. I, got, I know you guys are a young mm. team, and it's hard given that you guys are under a lot of pressure to, to kind of compete against City. I get that. But then Southampton was like... Unbelievable. Bro, he just gifted, bro. Ever since Saliba got injured, because yeah. the thing is, what, since, when he was there, our defense to me was like solid. But ever since he got injured, every time any team runs at mm. our back line, yeah. especially towards Rob Holding, mm. like I'm not trying to scapegoat, but, but Rob Holding is not, you don't you don't play Rob Holding in the last 10 games of a season while you're chasing the Premier League. You don't. Mm. You're going to lose because mm. his, pay, his playing off from the back is shit. 
his defensive awareness is not great. Like, he's mm-hmm. decent, but you can't play Rob Holding this much. And I know it's injuries and stuff, but at the same time, it's like that's the reason why. Because every time Southampton ran towards our defense, bro, we looked shaky. Mm-hmm. We looked like we were going to concede. We looked like, I don't even know. But the thing is, like I was saying earlier, we scored the two goals. Even if we, were man- we managed to get a fourth one and win, it's like, bro, you're exhausting yourself against a game like at home against Southampton. Like, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be having to exert yourself that much to beat them. Mm-hmm. Because say we win that, cool, we get the three points, but then they're going to get tired. And then, like, plus we play Man City on Wednesday. Even if we beat Man City, which we're not going to, even if we beat them, we go two points above them. But do I trust us to win the rest of it? Because we'd have five games left, and we still have to go up to Newcastle away. We have Chelsea. We have Forest. We have Wolves. And what's the 15 we got? I don't know, points. Like, the way we're playing now... If we beat Man City, I mean, like, the league's not completely dead, but it, it is because we're not going to beat Man City. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, we get a point, but a point's not good enough. We now Because now, they have two games in hand. They win two, their two games in hand. They go they go a point above us. Mm-hmm. So, I know I feel so that, brother. I feel that. Listen, obviously, it's not looking great for you guys. Um, I think that 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 City game it has become even more pivotal, pivotal than ever uh, for you to get that point. Now, uh, obviously, your, your, your problems have been in the defense, right? Mm. Those are your main problems than the games that you've drawn because you've, again, two of those three games, you've gone up two in, in, in rather quick fashion. Yeah, and right? also Partey. Partey's having his Partey has had his, a... Partey, the last, the last has been rough. His last, like, the last month, Partey's been, it's been shaky. I don't know. Like, mm. the last, like, three, four games have been shaky mm. because... The one against, for example, West Ham, he gives away the ball in the midfield, then they end up conceding a penalty because he's juggling the ball in the middle of the fucking midfield mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, say his defensive awareness is terrible. The amount of times he got ran past in the midfield, like it was bad. Mm-hmm. Would you consider, as, as Arsenal fans, and obviously you other Arsenal fans can, can uh, kind of uh, chime in in the comments and tell us what you think, would you consider moving Partey right back, Ben White center back, and Jorginho in, the, in the, no. that, that uh, CDM position? No. Would that be like something that could kind of like Fill that gap until uh, Saliba's nah, back. Nah, because you need fit, you need physicality in the midfield. You mm. can't. There's no way we're gonna survive on a midfield of Jorginho and Fabio Vieira. Yeah, because Xhaka had an illness. That's why he couldn't play yesterday. Mm. I mean, Xhaka and Jorginho wouldn't be too bad, but still, like, nah, I would prefer keeping Partey. Like for me, what I would do mm-hmm. is that maybe, what well, what I what I wouldn't mind is you put maybe Zinchenko there on the right. Because well, center, center well, right, right back. Because oh, you put right. Tierney there, you put Zinchenko, you put White, and you put you put Gabriel. Because the thing is, is that Tierney's a very good left back. You keep him, and plus he's a better defensive left back than Zinchenko. Zinchenko, you don't necessarily like. Yeah, he's left footed, which is an issue if you're a right back. But the thing is, is like, we don't necessarily need Zinchenko to bomb forward and spam crosses and shit as a normal right back. We just need him to kind of like keep the shape and also drop in midfield, go back defense. Like what he does basically on the left, we need him to mm-hmm. do on the right. Yeah, it might not be. As pretty, but like honestly, put Ben White and get rid of Rob Holding. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, either that or you just get that. Well, I don't know that that one guy we bought. Um, I forgot the Polish. I, keep, I forgot how to pronounce his name. Jakob. Yeah, his name's Jakob. Oh. Point is, that guy we got him. He's a left footed center back, but he's but the thing is, Gabriel's a left footed center back. So if you put him in place of Holding, you have two left footed center backs. Yeah. So it's not gonna work. Plus he's new. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna put him in like now. Like you can't put him in like a title run in now. So mm-hmm. we're stuck with Holding. That's yeah. the issue. And like. The thing is, it's like, for me, Arsenal, like, yeah, them, I mean, they're not going to win the league this year, I don't think. Well, it's dumb. But them getting Champions League was the objective this year. So, yeah, we're going to get that for sure. So, this season has been a success. But for us to actually challenge, challenge, like, league titles, Premier Leagues, FA, basically, challenge on all fronts, we need at least another four players. We need, Mm -hmm. like, at least another four or five, like, 
good quality players mm-hmm. to basically round up the 11 and make the bench. Because the 11 right now, I think it's fine. I think the 11 right now is fine. I don't think you need to change anything. And Xhaka and Partey are getting a bit older, though. And mm-hmm. like where I say we need the most amount of uh, reinforcing is um, we need a backup striker and we need uh, probably two or three midfielders. Mm-hmm. Because you have Jorginho, Xhaka, Partey, cool. I'd get Cancelo and Rice because you push Rice, you push Rice there. You could probably push uh, push him apart, eh? and then Cancelo, Xhaka, Jorginho. Like you have them all like competing on the bench st- for starting spots, stuff like that. And plus, it gives like you know you could rotate, you can rest some dudes, whatever. So that way, when we get to this part of the season, we don't have to deal with this shit because if we lose. The issue with a squad is that it's kind of thin. You lose one player in an area, yeah. and then we're kind of fucked because mm-hmm. say we get it was part was out for a significant amount of time. Jorginho can't replace him adequately. Xhaka, same thing. You can't like you can't replace replace him adequately. Our attack it was because we. And Kedia did his thing, and plus we got um, Trussard in the winter. It survived without Jesus, but even then, like we need probably like one backup striker. So, like yeah, for me, mm-hmm. we need at least two or three midfielders and a backup striker, and I think we'll be fine. It may be a backup center back. Mm-hmm. Like we're still missing at least four players. Yeah. But yeah. now, what do you think about the 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 comment that Rio Ferdinand made about uh, Manchester United and Arsenal seasons, respectively? So he says that Man- if if Arsenal don't win the league, then Manchester United would have had a more successful season than they did. No, because. Because if they were winning, let's say Man United finished third, but it was like a th- like they finished third and they won, let's say the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup or maybe the FA Cup and like a Europa League, and then they finished third. Not only did they finish third, but they finished third like not that far behind us in Man City because yeah, we us in Man City. Well, let's say let's say hypothetically we finish on like. 90 points each somewhere around there Man United finish on like I don't know like uh, between 70 and 75 they're 15 to 20 points behind behind us in Man City and yeah they finished third but like you're behind by that much and like yeah you have like a trophy or two to uh, so yeah yeah sure but the thing is like for Arsenal no, not a lot of people picked them to even be in the top four this year so the fact not only we were in top four for sure but we challenged for the Premier League I think nah. I think it's more successful because I, because things winning a cup isn't necessarily the hardest thing, but keeping up the pace for thirty eight games throughout the season to win a Premier League, even yeah. if we don't win it, I think that's harder. So I think Arsenal fans will have more optimism than Man United fans going into next year because the way it would be like, okay, well, we get a few players, then we're good to challenge for pretty much everything. Man United, the thing is like we don't know when they'll be ready to challenge for the mm-hmm. league. Fair enough. Okay, so now we wanted to move on to our second game, which was Fulham versus Leeds. This was a pretty uneventful game, given the fact that Leeds looked a little bit lost out there. Uh, they looked like their defense was really shaky. Fulham kind of had their way. They kind of uh, um, pushed, pressed throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they, 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 the one goal that Leeds ended up scoring was an own goal yeah. uh, for Fulham. So I think Fulham won that comfortably. They weren't really too nervous throughout the entire game. So... That's pretty much what I would say. Uh, Leeds are 16th now. Um, yeah, and after, only, yeah, let's see. Like, Fulham are comfortably going to finish top half, probably. Yeah, I, th- I would say Th- so. They're going to finish. They're going to. They can maybe even push. Let me check, like, real quick, because maybe they could push for a conference league spot. Or I don't know if they're too far off. Let me check. So let's see. Fulham right now are ninth. Conference league is seventh place. So. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think it's tough because they're competing f- with. <laughs> Well, Brighton, Liverpool, and Villa for yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, that is tough. But Fulham, all in all, have had a successful season because I pick, I mean, I picked them to be relegated. Early. I, like, I agree. Beginning of the year, I picked them to be relegated because, like I said on last week's podcast, they're a yo-yo club. Mm-hmm. Every time they go up to the Premier League, they always get relegated straight back. Mm-hmm. But this result leaves Leeds because I was going to, like, checking a relegation right now. Yeah, Leeds. They're one point off of Everton. Are only uh, a Everton. point off Everton for, yeah, the drop. And then... 
Well, basically, looking at just relegation right now, I think Southampton, especially the fact they didn't get those two, uh, those three points against Arsenal, I think Southampton's done. I think they're relegated yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think Forest. I think for me, it's gonna be Forest and. I don't know. It's it's tough because I thought Bournemouth at first, but Bournemouth have like a six point gap right now. Mm-hmm. So like Bournemouth probably are safe between Leeds, Everton. Leicester and Leicester, I'm not sure. It's tough because Leicester did have a solid showing against Wolves, right? Yeah, which that was gonna, huge, yeah, for them. which we're gonna talk about in a bit. But like, um, we don't know will will that continue? Will it not? Right? But that that is the major question. Mm-hmm. That that relegation battle obviously is really heating up now. But yeah. Leeds are in trouble, my friend. I'm picking Leeds. You know what? Because yeah. I know like a few weeks ago I picked Bournemouth as well. Bournemouth recently have picked up a few results. I'm gonna pick Leeds because yeah. now because I think Everton first of all they have a um. Tell me if I'm let's see. Leeds is coach, and I think it's what Javi. Let me check. Is it Javi Garcia? Let me see. I need to see this because how to. I need to look this up. Because Everton have Sean Dyche, and Sean Dyche will not get them relegated. That's the thing. So like that's why I'm picking them to stay, and then between Leeds and Forest and Leicester, this is this is a, like this is a tough one. I don't know. Because for me, I think Forest and Southampton for sure are going down. Mm-hmm. But then between Leeds, Leicester, and Everton, yeah, I think Everton's the least likely to go down. And then yeah. between Leicester and Leeds, I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Like, given obviously Leicester has had really shaky performances. I mean, this was their first win in like, I think I want to say like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they were struggling out there, and Leeds have in in recent memory. Obviously, they lost six one yeah. to uh, Liverpool on Monday. Yeah, uh, they lost again now to Fulham. Um, that very shaky defensively. Especially. That Meslier, the, their goalie is fucking shit. Yeah, he's shit. Yeah, I know dudes are trying to say he could be France's number one. No, that's Mike Magnon, bro. Wow. So like, if moving on, anyways. And anyway, moving yeah. on. So now we're talking about Brentford versus Villa. That's a good and game. Did you end up watching that game? I watched like a part of it. Part yeah. of it, yeah. I watched a part. Um. So basically, what happened was uh, it was obviously one-one draw, but I felt like Brentford could have had more, mm-hmm. right? Because Brentford was kind of like on their ass a lot of the game. Uh, Ivan, to- Ivan Tony, by the way, oh, what a baller! I actually love the way he plays. Yeah, he's um, sick. But would you take him out of top sixteen? I oh yeah oh, like yeah. if I'm Chelsea I'd, I'd probably I would yeah for because sure. I don't think any other top six team necessarily needs a striker because if you look at Man United yeah, yeah could they could one. they could use one but he would be like a would he be a backup Man United should go for Harry Kane that's my yeah. opinion Man United should focus their efforts on Harry Kane but if they do not secure yeah. Harry Kane who yeah do, who should Ivan, they go for Ivan Tony is a very good Ivan Tony big yeah. one because English talent you know yeah. they, you know how much the Premier League teams like English talents mm. and number two I think Victor Oshiman like so yeah well Oshiman is if they have the money yeah. exactly but he's going like they're they're quoting at like 120 million for him if they want to spend the money yeah you take mm-hmm. Oshiman but honestly for like a cup price because I don't think Man United necessarily need a world class striker I think they just need. Who's I need. A, I think they need a solid backup. Solid, yeah. Because their attack this year has been heavily reliant on Rashford. Rashford, yeah. And the issues Rashford, they don't they don't pump out anything. Yeah, really. they don't. And the issues is that Martial's their other only striker, but he's always injured. Injury, injury prone, to like. So like, yeah. you could get Ivan Tony. So Man United could be a team. I mean, Spurs if Kane leaves, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea. I mean, Man City. No. They have Holland, they have Alvarez. Arsenal as well. We could like I don't think Tony would want to be a backup striker. No, that's the thing. He but like he doesn't if he's to down be. to be a backup striker, I would love I would love him at Arsenal mm-hmm. as a backup striker. I'd love to have him at Arsenal, but I don't think mm-hmm. he would come as a backup striker. No. So I think the only team in the top six he could go to and like definitely start would probably be Chelsea. Yeah. 
No, I, I can I can see what you're saying, but I think he does definitely deserve it. But I don't think he deserves a move up if he's not going to be the the guy. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. he prefers staying at Brentford as a starter yes. than going up to a top sixteen, but just being a backup. Exactly. So, yeah. Then. Um. But yeah, so that was that game. Villa obviously was a little bit like out of character, out of character, given that they've performed so well in the last few games. They beat uh, Newcastle three three nothing last time. Um. Uh, Ivan Tony had a like almost an, a sensational bicycle kick during that game. Yeah, I know. So, um, yeah. But overall, it was a pretty um, even game generally. But I think I do think that Brentford should have won that game. Yeah. Moving on now to Crystal Palace for Everton. Yeah, I just skimmed through that. That was a shit boring, game. boring zero, zero, zero. zero. Everton that doesn't do shit for either team because Crystal Palace don't move anywhere closer to mm. like really maybe potentially challenging for Conference League, mm-hmm. and this doesn't do really shit for Everton because a point. Right now is not enough. They need to get they need to get these three points. Again, especially against Crystal Palace, who like mm. they've been good in recent weeks. But Crystal Palace are the teams that like you have to try and beat because like I think Everton still have to play. Uh, Everton still have like I think Man United they have to mm-hmm. play. I don't know. Let me check real quick. Everton still have to play again. Yeah, Everton still have. Oh, yo, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, they got. They still have Newcastle. They have Brighton. They have Man City. All three of those are L's. Yeah, that's tough. Then they have Bournemouth, Wolves, and Leicester. So those are like toss-ups. They could, but yeah, like, they could win those. Those are the ones they should try they, to win, right? Yeah, but at this point, it doesn't really do shit for them. And then, mm-hmm. well, like we touched on Pond early, yeah, Leicester did beat Wolves 2-1 as well. Mm. Um, Wolves, I think, are probably... I know there was fear they could get relegated, but I think Wolves are safe. I think Wolves will be safe because they do have, like I think, a six-point gap between them and relegation. Mm-hmm. Just to be... Yeah, so they're the 14th, 34 points. Yes, they're six points above. Yes, I think Wolves are safe. But for Leicester, this is a huge win because that's three points for them. They're out of the relegation uh, relegation spots on goal difference with Everton. They're tied on points. So we're going to have to see how that goes. But they have they still have to play Everton. So that game is going to be huge. Everton mm-hmm. and Leicester still have to play each other. That's going to be a huge mm-hmm. game for relegation. But then this, this is the one I want you to I want you to take over real quick. So this is Liverpool and Forest, right? So... Yeah, so obviously last week's podcast wouldn't have covered that 6-1 win of Liverpool over Leeds. Leeds yeah. However, we're not going to cover that too much. We, we did drop some TikToks. If you guys are going to watch Basement Baller Pod on TikTok, check us out. We check make a lot out. of content for check TikTok. Um, hop on the wave. Yeah, become a new baller today. Uh, but um, we're not so. But 6-1, pretty dominant uh, for, for Liverpool. They obviously go up uh, 2, I think it was a 2 nothing in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Leeds get one back, and then they, Liverpool just kind of takes over and, and, and does their thing. Yeah. Jota comes back. He's he's he feeling good. He's feeling yeah, great. He scored two, didn't he? He scored two against Leeds, and then he mm. comes back in this game, right? Mm. Liverpool go up 1-0. Jota uh, scores. Uh, a nice header from Fabinho. Mm. Uh, and then uh, Forrest comes back, mm. right? Pretty much very instantaneously. Like, they had... Forrest had this thing with with throw-ins that, like, for whatever reason, their throw-ins were, like, just catching us off guard. Liverpool was just, I guess, really bad in the air that game, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, Forrest was really taking over when when it comes to those, like, those throw-ins. Uh, so, they, they they get one back pretty pretty quickly. And then Jota scores an absolute banger off of, off a, uh, off a set piece. No, it was off of uh, Robertson, I believe. Or was it Robert? No. It was, I believe it was off a set piece. And then he just controls it off his chest, hits mm-hmm. it off his knee, and then pew. Well, Jota, to me is, right. Jota to me is a sick player. He's he's, he's been honestly good. like he went a spell of like thirty something games without scoring, and now he has four in two games. So he this brother had really been balling out, but, but he's not the person I do want to focus on, right? So obviously, for those who have watched the game and for those who have been keeping up, Liverpool beats Forest three two. It was a really back and forth until Liverpool finally gets that 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 go ahead goal from Mo Salah, Salah yeah. um, to 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 kind of take over, and then they just kind of stuck it out defensively. It's pretty strong, and then they they ended up winning. However, 
our defense was not very good. Okay. Yeah, no, it's you the can't. reason why we were giving up goals the way that we have because Konate and Virgil Van Dyke were not playing very great. Right, that was our weakness. I would say our attack was slow and our attack was meshing, but our our defenders, uh, these are just our center backs, really. Our 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 fullbacks were doing great, but our our center backs were really just either not communicating very well. Even Allison was making a couple of sh- shaky passes, mm-hmm. despite those both goals weren't really his fault. But I would say that those brothers really need um, a DM. Y'all need a DM. We need a DM, or they just maybe need better communication or whatever because uh, they weren't tracking their uh, mans properly. Right. I, I was gonna say this just. But you watch it for more than me, so you probably know. But from what, whenever I watch Konate when he plays with Matip versus Van Dyke, I think Konate tends. I, the way I see, it, I feel like Konate plays better when he plays with Matip than when Van Dyke. I don't know why. There's something like I know. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, mm-hmm. Liverpool fans, y'all can correct me. I don't know. But for me, I feel like Konate and Van Dyke <coughs> don't mesh well. Great. Well, it's only been their first full season this year. Now, obviously, the lack of a DM in midfield production makes the defense more susceptible. So that's also a thing. So, like, maybe I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But from what I see, Konate and Van Dijk, I feel like, don't me- like mesh well together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, to be honest, Konate, this, this was a pretty, like, um, like not characteristic performance by him mm-hmm. because the last two games mm-hmm. against Leeds and against uh, Arsenal, he was pretty solid. Like, he was mm-hmm. our best defender. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this game, it was a bit uncharacteristic, you could say. And bo- all three games, he was playing with with Van Dyke. But I don't know. You right? could say that, but also like you could say he's been solid. But like, okay, two goals conceded against Arsenal, a goal against Leeds, and then two goals against. And the goal against Leeds was his fault. Exactly. Right? So that's so, five goals conceded in three yeah. games. That's not. So great. our our defenders, our center backs, more, uh, m- more so than our fullbacks, of course, have been shaky this season, right? Mm. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe either it's just we call it an off season or whatever. Mm. But what Liverpool fans, I think, are, are looking for is is a better backup center back. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for games in which we don't want to keep you know Konate in there or games yeah, we want to switch Van Dijk out. Joe Gomez kinda, and Matip aren't gonna cut. No, anymore, they're not. I think those guys are like I love yeah. Matip, um, you know, and I I really respected what he did for Liverpool and everything. But I think that we need another backup center back, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, but. Listen, the, that's that issue. Now, I think the more pressing issue that Liverpool fans have noticed yeah, is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. This brother, honestly, the last three games, he's basically been playing the pseudo-DM role somewhere in the midfield and then just dropping back to the right back. When yeah, he he kind of plays like a like the kind of Zinchenko role, but on the right, Exactly, right? right? He's been doing, he's the... been doing that, but he's been doing absolutely phenomenal because of the way that you watch him, it seems like he's having a lot more fun. Yeah, four it seems like he's like he's gotten a little cocky. You but know? four he's... assists in his last three games. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. No, brother, brother's been doing his thing. He had a, a, a in in the game against Force, he had a system of, of a set piece mm-hmm. uh, for Salah school, of course. Mm-hmm. And he's just been looking a lot more free, a lot more uh, confident in the way that he plays. I really rate it. I still think that we need midfielders. It doesn't like dissolve that that issue. Mm-hmm. However, it's it's big uh, confidence builder for Liverpool fans, for Liverpool in general, and I want them to continue it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much that game. Moving on to some of the games that happened today. Again, we were filming on Sunday, April twenty third. <laughs> and if you guys been watching the games this morning, if you're in the in the west, yeah, I would just yeah, okay. The the Spurs Newcastle game happened was a bit early in the morning, so I didn't get to watch the whole thing. It was at nine a.m. But like. Yeah, 9 a.m. That's a bit early for me. Still, yeah, that's, eight. that's early. Just finished school, man. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to sleep in, get some sleep. Now I wake up at like 9:30, and I go to check the the scores. I'm like, okay, is there games? And I saw it's the 30th minute, or like it was like a 30 second minute, and I see it's 5-0 Newcastle. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I was like, nah. I woke up and I see 5-0, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then, yeah, I don't like. 
fucking spit. Because here's the thing. Okay. It's because what I know instantly, the first thing I know is because I see that's 5-0. I turn on the game. The first thing I notice is that they're playing a back four, which is something they haven't done in like, what was, since Conte, well, I know he, he's been sacked like for like a month now, but like, they haven't played with a back four since before he came to the club. Mm-hmm. So that's at least a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So like, they do a defensive, they basically change the defensive shape against a Newcastle team that's in form, despite them losing 3-0 to, uh, to Villa. But they've been pretty in form recently. Mm-hmm. Plus they're playing at home, plus they're pushing for Champions League. Mm-hmm. So they decided to change the whole defensive system. Then they got fucked, bro. They got conceded. I think, yeah, they scored in the second minute, the sixth the sixth minute, the ninth minute, and then like the 19th. But basically, it was 5-0 after 22 minutes. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, so first goal happens in the first minute, yeah. like you said. Uh, and then by the twentieth minute, yeah, you, the Newcastle's up five zero. Obviously, by three zero, you're kind of, even. Even though it was so early in the game, by three zero, you're, yeah, you're kind of fucked. Like, right, you're Spurs, fucked. You're, you're uh, dead. You're dead. Right, especially when your team, like the the reason why your team is conceding is because of just shaky defense. I feel like the so defense sure. is is not going to be able to get back into the game at all because they they've lost their confidence. Spurs, well, they. they... Conte was able to make them a somewhat, somewhat decent defense. Mm. But, bro, you can't defend well when fucking Eric Dyer is your, your defensive, like, anchor, pretty much. Mm. Eric Dyer, Davidson Sanchez, even Romero. Romero with Argentina is good. Romero, I suppose, mm. has been shit. I rated him a lot when he was, in, when he was uh, at uh, Atalanta as well. Mm. He was playing in Italy. Yeah. I rated him. And when Spurs got him, I like I was just because at that time we had we got Ben White, they got Romero. So I'm like, damn, like, they got mm-hmm. the better player now in hindsight. Maybe it's just him being Maybe at Spurs. I don't system. know. Yeah, because be Argentina, system. he is good. But Christian Romero's been shit for Spurs. Yeah. Like, I don't really... Like, he's not been great. Like, honestly, I don't... I don't know, man. With Spurs and Plus, bro, it was so bad. They had to sub off their... Go- they had to sub off Loris at halftime to bring in fucking Fraser Forster. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. You have to be to get subbed on by Fraser Forster. <laughs> so, but, yeah. I think Spurs, well... I saw, yeah. So, they're two games back of Man United. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they're two, yeah. They have may not have two games in hand, and they're six points clear of Spurs. Mm-hmm. And Newcastle are like I think five or six points clear of Spurs. So yeah, Spurs are not getting Champions League uh, for no, sure. I don't think they because will yeah, be. look at this. They're yeah, they're two games back of Man United, and they're six points back. And then they're a game back of Newcastle, and they're six points. So Man United and Newcastle both have fifty nine points. Man United's played a game less than them because their game against Chelsea this weekend got canceled because they had to play the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it may not win both their games in hand. Then they go two, three points clear Newcastle, and that would be nine points clear of Spurs. Yep. So yeah, Spurs are. Wait, no, no, no. Fuck, shit, math. If they win both their games in hand, they go six points above Newcastle, and they go twelve points above Spurs. So, yeah. Yeah, Spurs are. They'd be lucky to even make Conference League with the, their form now, because Liverpool are catching up, Villa's catching up. Spurs even make it. Top seven, I'd be surprised. But do you think um, that's the goal, or do you think the goal is just to get to the end of the season and kind of like? Well, really yeah, at this point, yes. But bro, the goal at the beginning of the year for them was to well make champ, make top four. They mm. had Conte, they had invested, they did get mm. players. So like, if Harry Kane doesn't leave, because I don't know, he only has like I think two years left on his contract, or mm. I think maybe three. Point is, he's at a spot now where he could force a move. If Harry Kane mm. doesn't force a move or leave Spurs. This summer, he's a donut. Yeah. He's just not... Because he's, like, 30 now. If he doesn't yeah. leave now, when is he going to leave? He's 30, bro. He's not yeah. going to win anything at Spurs. Especially because, so, like, basically, if you've been following along with, with this week's, like, sort of, like, soccer and football news, mm. you know that Chelsea has basically moved on from Nagelsmann mm-hmm. and said... And Enrique as well. Yeah. And they're focusing on Pochettino, right? Mm. Now, let's say... And it seems like Nagelsmann is, like, now his new priority would be Spurs, right? Spurs, yeah. But we all know Nagelsmann kind of thrives with that y- a younger group. Yeah, he, he would need you know, investing because, yeah. 
So he would need money. He would need yeah, investing and in, in, in players that, for example, that he likes, right? Harry Kane, given the fact that he's 30, no, I think that the, the and even Son, right? I think that the, the the natural move for those two would be to move on, find new clubs. I think, in the yeah, I think recuperate a good 150 mil from like both, because you could sell Kane for easily like probably 100 million. He's yeah, still yeah. worth that. Son, despite his dip in form, you could still ask for. You could still. Get a good sixty to seventy million for that. Like I think honestly, I think yeah, Spurs should be able to get 150, 200 million mm-hmm. from both of them. Reinvest that throughout the squad, okay? Because now you can still, because now for that, because like we said this on I think the second or third podcast, Spurs right now are at a stage where they're not gonna get better than they are. They just have to blow basically the project up and restart. Yep, they got to. They get Nagelsmann. They keep um Kulusevski. He's young. Where Charlton, he's he's still relatively young. He's like twenty five. They keep few of the players. There's a lot of players they need to ship out. Eric Dyer, they need to ship out. Emerson Royale. I know that they're they're thinking about taking Longley like on permanent and mm-hmm. like honestly take him. He's fucking shit. Yeah. Like I, I like you, I, you I, keep, I, yeah. I don't want him to come back to Barca, so take him. Loris. Loris, bend him off. Uh, like they, they off. Spurs yeah. need a lot of retooling, but the issue is that Daniel Levy is tight with money. So like mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean sell it's the not club. Like I'm, Spurs are fucked. I think sell Spurs. the club. Nah, he's not gonna sell them. I think Spurs pretty much next year. I don't think they should be focusing on top four because no way Spurs are making it. I don't even think Spurs make a top six next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't say so either. I don't because think so. I think you have yeah, you'd have Man, you have Man City, Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool. It's already five. They finish. They're gonna finish above Spurs, and then Newcastle. So that's six. Probably Brighton as well. Yep. Unless Brighton get like uh, a lot of because McAllister's his rumors he'll he'll leave. Cancelo the rumors he'll leave. So, like, unless Brighton get, like, a few of their important players poached this summer, which might happen if it doesn't, Brighton, I think, could finish above Spurs. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Spurs, I think, are just fucked. Mm-hmm. I don't see them really um, doing much no, this year. No, and obviously, the, the plan should be rebuilt. It should be mm-hmm. kind of blowing up. So, you wouldn't, I wouldn't see Spurs in any kind of title or, or, or even Champions League contention for the next three to five years, I would say. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, then, real quick, like I mentioned earlier, West Ham got a huge one at Bournemouth. 4-0. That pretty much guarantees them. Uh, they're not, like I said, they have too much quality to get relegated. Yeah, so that moves them that. up to 13th place. Yep. Seven points above relegation. So, again, I think West Ham are, they're safe. So, just going through that real quick. Yeah. Get me Declan Rice, though. Ran that game. Yeah, no, he did He did his thing. Um, like, again, West Ham kind of, like, took over in the game that we know that they, they're, like, based on their quality, based on how they play on, or how they are on paper, mm. West Ham ran the game that how they should run the game, yeah, right? They, 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 uh, they score early, they, 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 uh, they press, uh, Declan Rice, again, ra- runs the game, and then mm. their final goal was, a, like, a pretty, like, it was a little bit of a wonky scorpion kick, but it was a scorpion kick, nonetheless, mm. by uh, oh, Fornells, oh, and, um, yeah, like, honestly, West Ham just, like, kind of penetrated yeah. the D, paused, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but Bournemouth and West Ham should be fine because Bournemouth are a point behind West Ham, and they're uh, five or six points clear relegation. I think Bournemouth and West Ham are safe. Like I said, I think mm-hmm. like this was all helps West Ham more, but I don't really think it's gonna damage Bournemouth that much. But yeah, and then today obviously, all right, we yeah. had Man United and Brighton for FA Cup. Man City played Sheffield yesterday, shit game. Yeah, shit, it was. Sh- it ended the way that we expected. Shit it, attendance man. too. Like half the freaking stadium was empty. Yeah, Man City fans, well, no, have no fans. Yeah, for one. There's that. Man United beat Brighton on penalties today. It was a boring game. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Like, Rashford could have scored. Uh, the, um, the the one guy with Brighton, uh, what's, I mean, uh, what's the, the, the Japanese one? Uh, I forgot his um, name. Oh, what's his? Matomo. 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 He could have probably scored as well. The ref was shit as well. He kept letting every foul go. Mm-hmm. He, like, he, the ref was shit. I ended pretty much. 
I mean, I thought Brian would on when I got the penalties. I thought Brian would win because De Gea's fucking dog shit at saving penalties. So. I mean, he didn't save any. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, Mar- March was yeah, March just, blasted uh, the, he yeah. blasted that shit back then. Uh, and then Lindelof kind of just you know yeah, that penalty was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Honestly, bo- both teams were scoring nice penalties. Both teams yeah. had a really but but as a whole, the game was pretty boring. Yeah, was I was trying really hard not to kind of <laughs> nod off. Fall asleep. Well, the final should but. be good. It's a Manchester derby in the FA Cup final and. Yeah, for Man City chasing the treble, they're gonna be they're gonna want to get the fun fact. You know that there has never been a Manchester derby in a final before. Yeah. Oh, uh, never. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I read that online. I don't in know. a final. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I can. Yeah. Well, I'm... if there has been, it hasn't been in the last like thirty years. Source, trust me, bro. I read it online somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No. Because y'all can fact check me on that. It's one, gonna but... be. A, it's gonna be a but good anyway, game though. Manchester derby. Um, it's it's Man City is probably gonna wipe the floor with Manchester United. Oh, it's not. I don't say wipe the floor, but I think they Man City will, are, oh they're, they're, they are well, winning. United are just you, no, no. Man City will win that, but I'll, I'll like I'll go like early score prediction. I know the game's in like a month or not, but like early score prediction. I'll go like probably three one Man City. Like something like that. I don't think it's gonna be like a. They're not gonna dust them, if, but they'll win comprehensively. If United has a full team, which yeah. they won't, because Martinez is out for the rest of the season. Oh, and Varane too. That's, Varane's out for the rest of the season, eh? Yeah, I think pro- I don't think they're gonna because they're pretty much guaranteed to make top four. So I don't really think they're gonna risk bringing because them back. that's their weak thing. This is this is the trouble with that game, right? Yeah. From a Man United fans perspective, Harry Maguire is you have basically <laughs> most of your attack runs through Rashford, yeah. right? Um, but let's say that you have a cohesive attack and things are running. There's nothing that can save mm-hmm. that defense from being absolutely like. Penetrated by Holland and Man City's attack because they yeah. they have like the one of the best attacks in the league. Like in pause. The yeah. You said penetrate my fault. Pause. You can't take my line, bro. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, so they uh, Man City is definitely gonna be able to penetrate that D. Pause. To like uh, an extensive level, and then I don't think Man United is gonna have the the the, the yeah the I don't think that's what I'm saying, that, but right? I don't think they'll get wiped with the floor. Ten Hag. Well, it's granted they have been wiped by a few teams this year, so I don't think that I think Man United. I don't think Man United players will allow themselves to get wiped in a final, though. Like in the league, okay, but like in a final against Man City, imagine they lose. That I show hope, man. Final. I hope. Listen, I mean, yo, don't I get me wrong. It, I want it to be competitive. Uh, don't get me wrong. No, don't get me wrong. Man United get wiped. I'd, I'd love it. I'd enjoy it. Like I would find that shit fucking hilarious. But mm-hmm. like, I don't see it happening. But would you guess. sleep peacefully that night? I would sleep peacefully probably the whole year. <laughs> All right, guys. So that kind of wraps up our Premier League FA yeah. Cup talk. Now you guys already know what time it is. Champions it is time League. for Champions League roundup. Starting off with my brother Brahim over here. Yeah, the Chelsea. Gonna talk about Madrid. the Chelsea Madrid game. Yeah. What do you think of that? I thought Chelsea game plan for it well. I think Lampard's a fucking dumbass though. The guy because look at his lineup. This guy puts Kai Havertz and freaking. Kai Havertz was not a traditional striker as a striker, and then he puts Con- Connor Gallagher as like a number ten yeah. or some shit. Like he played like this, he played like this what like this four five like like what was it? What formation was it? It was like a four four one one formation. He had like a back four, mm-hmm. I think, four midfielders, and then he had Connor Gallagher sitting behind Havertz and Havertz and striking. Like I'm yeah. like, because the game itself, Chelsea played well for like large parts of the game. Chelsea did play well, but they just can't finish. They can't finish. Yeah, they have no finishers. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like they can't finish shit, and like. Yeah. This brings me on to the point that I've mentioned before. The thing is with Madrid, and because now they're going to play Man City in the in the semis. The way I see is that Madrid, I don't see them win. Like, because I know I said this last year, and Madrid somehow in the Champions League, but but I don't see Madrid winning it this year because first of all, Man City should have beaten them last year, mm-hmm. and they didn't because they basically they bottled it like last second. But this year, Man City have Holland, mm-hmm. 
And honestly, Madrid to me looks shaky. Like they look shaky. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I can never you can never count out Madrid fully, no, but like can. honestly, not in the Champions League, Madrid but... have not impressed me that much. Even in yeah. the league, like even in the league, and like I like I've been telling you this for a while, like this mediocre ass Barca team is setting eleven points clear in Madrid as mm-hmm. we speak. Because Barca also beat Atletico Madrid like mm-hmm. today. 1-0, so that brings them up 11 points clear in Madrid. Like, Madrid are shaky this year. Like, I don't really see them... I don't see them beating Man City. And honestly, I think, early prediction right now, I think Man City are just going to win the Champions League because Inter and AC Milan, I know it's, like, hilarious to say they made the semifinals, but Inter and AC Milan, to me, are not that great either. So, like, mm. one of them is going to make the final, and I, pretty much the way, I, the way I'm going to say it, basically, and I'll let you talk. Whoever wins Man City and Madrid wins the Champions League. Agreed. I think whoever wins that semi mm. wins the final. Agreed. I think whoever wins that. Yeah. That's the way I see um, it. So, yeah, obviously Real Madrid wins 4-0 on aggregate. Right? No. But that speaks to the fact that Chelsea just can't finish. Really. Yeah, like if Chelsea could finish, they would have. Well, I'm not saying they would I'm right? not saying they would have won. No. But they could have made it way more competitive. Like they could have. They could have finished. Like even in the first the first game, Jao Felix had a chance in like the first like two minutes to score. Mm. He missed. Kai Havertz had some chances. Connor Gallagher, like I don't know, man. Like just it's. It's been rough for them, man. They need it's a striker. So they have. Them. They have a lot of. They have a lot of players of similar like profile. Like Kai Havertz and Jao Felix played the same kind of role, which yeah. is like false striker, kind of attacking midfielder, center style, forward, yeah. center forward kind of role. Mm-hmm. And they can also play like across the front three, but that's their main position. They got. They also. I mean, it has been confirmed, but like it's been confirmed pretty much like the last few months. They're gonna get Christian and Kunku from Leipzig. Christian yeah. and Kunku is the same sort of position. Yeah. They have them. I mean, they have Mason Mount. They're like, bro, they have. They don't have a striker. They need mm. a striker. Hundred percent. And like we obviously mentioned, the fact that Ivan Tony could be looking for that that big six upgrade. Yeah, well, uh, there's a I'd couple look. of strikers on the market this year that, that are really looking yeah, for like, look. some some big teams. Chelsea's still a big team. Let's not get the. Like, if I'm Chelsea, I would. Up, if I'm Chelsea, I'm looking at uh, Ramos from Benfica. Yeah, I'm looking at him because yeah. Man United are linked with him. If I'm Chelsea, I would just swoop one and get him for Man United, do. Yeah, but yeah, we moving call. on to AC Milan Napoli. So you can cover that. You watch yeah. That so one. AC Milan Napoli, obviously, both legs of these of this series were uh, highly defensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, they ends two one in aggregate for in AC Milan's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a bit, I would say, unfortunate for Napoli. I don't think that Napoli deserved to lose, mm-hmm. as much as they were kind of caught up with injuries and just just. Like really yep. weird things like that. So you obviously in the first leg you have Victor o- Oshiman. He's out, mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't play a couple games. And then this is his first game back. That second leg, right? Mm-hmm. So you could imagine for a guy who's so informed. Yeah, he's a bit rusty. To take yeah. a couple games off. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that can affect you. Obviously, he still did his thing, mm-hmm. um, and he en- he does end up bagging a goal for Napoli late in that that second uh, game. Um, but in the first half, you have two injuries, basically, in the, like right after, one after the other. Palitano, who was uh, the, uh, playing on the right, mm-hmm. who was really driving their their attack when mm-hmm. uh, when Vicha wasn't playing his best game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes down, uh, and then you have um, Rui, mm-hmm. their, their left back, yeah. who goes down similarly. I think he has. I'm pretty sure if I remember, it was his hamstring Ew. or something. That's on a door, uh, yeah. that, that like right after he goes down. Um, and this is the first half. So basically you're being forced to make two substitutions, mm. right? Yeah. When you don't necessarily want to. Yeah. And your morale is a little down, right? And then what happens? Mm. Leal basically yeah, makes the, the, the run of his life. Yeah, nasty. Right? And then because he's not a selfish guy, pass it to Giroud, yeah. pass it to Giroud, and then, you know, that's it. That's kind of like... 
in my opinion, curtains, right? I, I didn't watch the like really this. I didn't watch like a lot of that that game, but I did. I was looking at the stats and stuff, and I was seeing yeah, like Napoli had like set, at one point I saw seventy one percent possession to mm-hmm. AC Milan's twenty nine. Way more attempts, not necessarily on target. That way more attempts, way more like stuff. But yeah, Milan, I guess like you said, just defensively, we're just all they, in it. yes, that was Milan's kind of bread and butter. They were so solid on the defense because even Counter. at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. Napoli was hidden. Boom, 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 boom. Couldn't mm-hmm. finish or just was defensively covered. So Milan did a very good job there. And then mm-hmm. they just needed that little push from mm-hmm. on the attack, mm-hmm. which Leao gave both the first leg and the second leg. Mm-hmm. So overall, uh, GG Stacey Milan, they make it through. Napoli's a little bit yeah, unlucky, that, but y'all going to win the Serie A. Like, pretty sure you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are honestly... Um, very fun to watch. I mentioned this on TikTok, but like very fun to watch. Uh, I respected you guys' game. You guys will come back next year stronger, hopefully. And yeah. All I'm saying is, uh, yo, an Inter and AC semifinal. That's going to be fucking flames. Yeah. It's going to be a fire game. But yeah, going to Bayern Man City, did you watch that? I watched that game and it pissed me off. I watched off, the so second half of that game. It pissed me off so much, bro. I watched the whole thing. Start mm-hmm. A, to, a to Z, bro. No. Bayern Munich, if they had a, like a striker, like if Lewandowski was still there, a Bayern won that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I don't know if they win that threes. Like, I don't know if like they win that, like they come back and end up winning the whole tie. Like, maybe Man City score a goal or two, but like Bayern would have won that like probably three or four, one, something like that. Because, bro, the amount of chances they had, they had that Son- like Sonny missed like one or two, Tremonting mm-hmm. missed one. There was a Kimmich, he missed one. Like, now the amount of chances they had that they didn't score. And what's funny enough when you think of it is they were linked to Ronaldo in January. And I'm not saying that necessarily, like, I, I didn't, I was of the opinion that they shouldn't go for him. No, I don't think they should. But, like, in hindsight, if you look, think of it, if you put Ronaldo there with some of those chances, I think, yeah, he still has it. He probably would score. Like, I don't know, the, the amount of chances they had that if they just had a striker, mm-hmm. they would have, like, they would have probably, they would have won that. And Man City looked like, Shaky. I mean, I've been told, and even the penalty that they got, they just—it was the fucking yeah. dumbest penalty call I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Yeah, I cannot believe the ref blew that for a penalty. Holland skies it and then goes on and ankle breaks the shit out of Ubermak. Yeah, so I think, <laughs> yes, you, like it was really for Bayern Munich this kind of perfect storm of of bad outcomes and negativity and just things that like really like weren't going their way. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is yes, so you, you couldn't score. Mm. You couldn't defend, mm. right? So you lose a 4-1 on aggregate. That means something. That means you can't score and you can't defend, right? Upa Maguire, man. You saw that? Yeah, I saw it exactly. <laughs> the commentator calls this guy Upa Maguire. Whether that was... I'm pretty sure that was on purpose, <laughs> right? But Upa Makano basically gets pants, he right? Got pants by, by Holland so on, on both, in both games, right? He had a red at the beginning of the game you saw. I don't know if you saw it. In the first mm-hmm. half, he, the ref called a red card on him because he tripped Holland when he was through one-on-one, yeah. but the, it was ended up being offside yeah. anyways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he was having a torrid time. Bro. No, he was not having a great time, and uh, I don't think that speaks to him as a player overall. He is, but I do think he, he's a good player, man. Um, but I do think that he will be clowned for quite a while for this. Well, that's the issue when you play for, but when you play for these teams like Bayern, where people only really watch you when it's like a Champions League game. Because unless you're a Bayern fan, I'm not. I don't really think you're watching Bayern games that often mm-hmm. in the in the Bundesliga. So, for the average fan who only watches the Bayern team probably like a few times a year. If, if you make a mistake, you're going to get clowned for it because you could be basically a sick defender. But like, oh, Makano could be basically the best defender in the world. We wouldn't know because most people don't watch Bundesliga. But when you see him make those mistakes in the Champions League, people are going to have that perception of him that he's a shit defender. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, one of the things that's really been frustrating me, and I think we talked about this in the, either the third or fourth po- podcast, but one of the things that's really been frustrating me about European football mm. is the fact that like whenever African or African-American players make a mistake, 
uh, on the pitch or have a bad game or whatever, mm. I feel like they are ridiculed on such a higher level than a lot of other players might be. Because yeah, you have Upa Makano who was basically like, not even dragged for his defensive ability as much as he was dragged for just his race, mm. right? You have Saka. I don't know if you saw that one where he, he misses the penalty and then somebody drops this like, this uh, image of like him, uh, yeah. as, you know. And anyway, I don't want to mention it, but basically, yeah. like just absolute berating. Leal was getting monkey chants at him as well by Napoli fans. Exactly yeah, right. So like, um, and it's just really sad to see because you, I don't think that anybody should be ridiculed <coughs> in that sense, regardless of your race. But I feel like like um, this has been such a common theme in football, given that football is like the world's mm. sport and is the most multicultural sport that you could imagine, mm. right? The fact that you still have these kinds of things as, as a tool for people to ridicule you, yeah. as, a, as opposed to just ridiculing somebody for their game, mm -hmm. a lot of people tend to go for things that hurt you, your mm. family, your race, mm. right? I think that shit needs to fucking stop immediately. Yeah, well, I can't. And racism, man. But yeah, it was just, just dickheads everywhere. What can we do? But yeah. going to this game, di okay. All in all, I didn't watch this tie that much because I thought like Benfica into Milan. I thought Benfica would actually were gonna beat Milan to be honest, because Benfica have been flying high in the Portuguese league and in the Champions. League. Like I mentioned last week's podcast, they're like the they're, I think they have like the most goals scored in the mm -hmm. Champions League this year. They lost, so yeah, f finished five three on aggregate, three three on the second leg. But I'm gonna say this, man. The more Inter Milan make it far in the Champions League, the more Eric Garcia and PK fucking, like, they just, like I, I just can't stand them, bro. Mm -hmm. The fact that we could not beat this mid-ass Milan team. Like, if we b just beat them one game, one game, we would be here. Because who did they play? Bro, who did they play in the, in the round of 16? They played, uh... Who did not play in the round of 16 again? Oh, my God. How am I forgetting this? Hold on. Let me, let me check. Let me check. Uh, they played... Let's see, let's see, let's see. I got it right here. They play Porto, yeah. Porto. You're telling me we wouldn't have been in Porto? Like, they play Porto and they play Benfica. Barca would have probably beaten them. We'd be in the semifinals against AC Milan. AC Milan, I fancy our chances against them, against them too. So, like, bro, like, I'm so fucking cheesed. Because mm -hmm. if it wasn't for injuries, if it wasn't for fucking PK thinking he was the fucking force doing all this shit, yeah. trying to stop the ball. You know that clip. Yeah. I'm, oh my God, I was so... I, I, man, when I came, when I came out of school that day, I was watching that shit in class at uni, right? When I came out of class, I went up to one of my friends who's a Madrid fan, but I was ranting in the middle of campus. I was so pissed. Yeah. It's the same sh fucking shit every year. Like, it pisses me off. Yeah, and I can imagine, buddy. Honestly, but The it's, Champions it's League not... is so boring this year as well. Like, it's, bro, I don't, I don't think so. No, I think it is because, bro, like, there hasn't been a, there hasn't really been any Champions League games this year to me that have been, like, intriguing. Like, the only one that I thought would be intriguing if Bayern and Man City was done after the first game. They finished 3-0. Madrid and Man that, City... That half of the bracket yeah. is has been predictable. Like, it's been. Right? Because, bro, think of it like this. The Champions League this year, look who isn't in it. Like, I know, like, it sounds maybe, like, traditionalist, elite, elitist. I don't give a fuck. Look who's not in the Champions League this year who are going to be there next year. Like, obviously. Okay. Barca's going to be there. Arsenal. Man United. Juventus. Juventus is probably going to make it, like, a... And stuff like that. So, like, the Champions League has lost a bit of, like... I, I disagree, know. man. Like, I, I disagree lost, cause, oh, no. because not only have, have have fans been looking forward to seeing a, a rematch between Real Madrid and, and Man City, right? That they they've been given that. Yeah, Italian but, fans have been given something that they've they've wanted probably for yeah, a while, no, no. which is a, a Milan derby. Yeah, obviously, right? from that point of view, you could say that. But for me, like I don't know, it just hasn't been as exciting this year. I, don't I think know. I think yeah, obviously from maybe from a certain fans' perspective because. 
yes. It, like, for me, obviously, I don't have Liverpool to cheer for in the Champions League. Um, it's not even necessarily that Barca or, like, Arsenal aren't there for me to cheer for. It's, it means just the fact that, like, the games that I thought would be fun to watch have been shit because PSG, Bayern, in theory, very fun. Bayern beats them 3-0 th- on aggregate, and they go through. And then Man City, Bayern should be good, and then finishes 4-1 and, like, 3-0 after the first game. So, like, there hasn't really been, like, a good tie. The only, like, tie that was, like, somewhat good was Chelsea Madrid was like meh it was decent you had um AC and Napoli was decent and then probably what AC Milan versus Spurs because that ended like I think one or one zero two one total on aggregate so like mm. they were like tight they yeah. were kind of boring games because they were very defensive but like still like there hasn't really been that many intriguing games this year in the Champions yeah. League but having said that like, so on the Real and Man City side of the bracket, yeah. I think both those games were really predictable and they, they kind of ended up how we expected them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about y'all, but I did not have Nap- I did not have uh, Milan, AC Milan going through no. and I did not have Inter Milan going through. I, I thought Milan was going to win and I thought the Napoli was going to win. I didn't even have Inter Milan going past the group stage, man. I thought Borussia and yeah. Bayern were going to make it. But yeah. Well, that sucks to suck. But uh, anyway, uh, moving on to... Um, yeah, our basically final segment of this podcast. Yeah, just moving on to yeah Europa League real quick. Man United lost, battered, humbled, embarrassed, humiliated, shat on, fucking pantsed. Harry Maguire, shit. De Gea, shit. Man United, shit. Continue. So on Thursday, <laughs> there was Europa League. And uh, there so were a couple of matchups, but beautiful. the one that we wanted to cover today so beautiful. was Manchester United versus Sevilla. Beautiful. Why did we want to cover this? Because as Brahim mentioned, Manchester United is shit, garbage, trash, no. never play. Yo, La Liga, the quote unquote, you know, inferior league, shit league, whatever, and that, uh, you know, Premier League is so much better. You know, the, the third place team in the Premier League lost to the 13th. Sevilla are dog shit this year. They're 13th, no, they're in, right, the, yeah. they're 13th in the league mm-hmm. right now. They're not good. Mm-hmm. Like, Sevilla are not good this year. They and dog walked them. They dog walked them. They dog And I don't give a shit if you guys say, oh, well, there was injuries. Bro, even, even if you have injuries, you should be, you're Man United and you're, you know, third best team in the best league in the world. You should not be losing to the 13th place team in a shittier league, quote unquote. So, not nah, no excuse. Mm. You guys are shit. And the thing is, is that you could imagine this, right? Mm. Even if uh, United won that first game, mm. Sevilla was still would have won in, on aggregate because it still would have ended up three two. Well, yeah, but you don't know if you well, don't know. Yeah. Of course, we well, don't know if it finished three zero. How the cookies yeah. would have crumbled? But, exactly, but like, but that 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 two goals mm. that Sevilla ended up scoring obviously maybe would have been a momentum booster <laughs> and whatever. Those but, goals, bro. All the goals Sevilla scored were all like you saw every goal they scored. Was all like such a shit jammy goal? Yeah, you seen all definitely. of them? Definitely, because the De Gea to 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 McGuire in the first goal. McGuire mm-hmm. is just you know that guy. I mean, he did his thing. He shit. What? Uh, the second goal was. Actually, um, side note. Side note. Actually. Yeah. So who's out? Who do you think is more at fault for that goal, De Gea or McGuire? De Gea. You think De Gea is more? Yeah, at fault? because basically, from my perspective, you might have you might disagree. From from my perspective as a goalkeeper, you have a like a greater vision of what's going on mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Right and. I do admit Maguire calls for the ball, mm-hmm. right? And as a goalie, right? But when in doubt, I feel like goalie's natural intuition should be clear. Well, because the way I see it is that I think it's like, yeah, they both are to blame, but I pin a bit more blame on Maguire than the hair for the only reason that, like you said, Maguire, you're the, you're the fucking captain, first of all. Second of all, you're a defender. 
every and when you ask to receive the ball, you need to look around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, make sure that like you're able to receive the ball. So when you call for it, yeah, De Gea is dumb for passing because he should have seen it, like, oh wait, no, like this actually dude's coming on to me. Yeah, I get that. But Maguire mm-hmm. calls for the ball. He gets the ball, and it's like instead of just kicking it out, passing it to Wamsak, whatever. The guy like basically slowly runs to the ball. There's like a like meh fucking kick. And they intercept and they score. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I blame Maguire a bit more than De Gea, even though I think they're both at fault. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough. Obviously, De Gea ends up making up for it very nicely for that. Uh, I would say the second goal wasn't super his fault as as much as the it was like a was weird. A, yeah, it was a weird. It was a weird dip. Yeah, it was a right? weird like dip of the ball. Yeah. But then De Gea really felt bad for Maguire. He said, "Okay, Maguire, don't worry, buddy. I know that you're kind of like getting you're about to get ragged in the, in the media and whatever. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Don't." Don't worry. The Doesn't wor- the worst you know, fucking the worst like clearance whiff, I've ever seen. Absolute whiff on the ball when he tries to clear it, um, and then he gets you know. Yeah, actually, yeah, it was just a calamity of air. It was. It was a calamity. It was beautiful, of error, beautiful to see. It was just beautiful. Uh, Sevilla, to see. fair play to them. They capitalized on the errors when they needed to. The Europa League kings, man. Um, and now they made it to the, the, semis, the semifinals, semis, yeah. right? Along so they would play against two. Uh, Juventus, Juventus made it. Juventus made it through, and Roma was, made it through. Yeah, Roma, Juventus, and. Uh, and uh, wow, why am the I other team is it? Uh, let me check. Hold up. So you have Juventus, and you have. Okay, Juventus, Sevilla, Roma, and Bayer Leverkusen. Right, so yeah, Sevilla play Juventus. Yeah, on the semis. Yeah, they're tied. Yeah. So they're there. So the legs are there. And uh, yeah, the final would be May thirty first. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Europa League, right? Now this is a, a, a new segment that we have on the show, and we're gonna call it Question of the Day. Yeah, but yeah, every very week original. We're, we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit y'all. We're gonna hit. Chavo basically like a question each podcast about like something that we would like to discuss and today. Yeah, so today. leave it in the comments if you guys want to share what you think about this question. Uh, if you leave, have your leave, own, uh, yeah, leave us some questions if y'all want to. If you like, have some own some questions for the day that you want us to discuss on next mm-hmm. week's podcast, yeah. it's not just one question. Maybe if we have a lot of questions, we might mm-hmm. answer depending on the time that we have to film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for today, we came up with the question of the day and it is as follows, right? Mm-hmm. So has Manchester United improved that much under Ten Hag or as much as Manchester United fans think that they've improved, mm-hmm. right? Um, does Manchester United need a rehaul this summer? Uh, and the final question, kind of sub-question, is Ma- Marcus Rashford being madly overrated? Okay. okay. Do you want to start off? You want yeah, start so off? I'll start off. So I think that Manchester United undoubtedly improved this year. Mm-hmm. You cannot deny that fact. Obviously, yeah. look at the standings. It tells you, right? Last year, they were... So uh, they finished sixth, and they had 58 points. They're exactly. already on 59. Yeah, exactly. So, so with how many? Eight games? Seven games? With... They have eight games left to play, and they've already beaten their points total from last year. Exactly. So yeah, obviously, yeah. So obviously... Undeniable, Ten Hag has managed to improve this team, right? Mm-hmm. But what I have seen, which I think that you could sl- slightly like, like Manchester United fans have slightly overrated their progress, is the fact that like Ten Hag is being compared to the likes of like a Pep, mm-hmm. or like a Klopp, mm-hmm. or like uh, even yeah, Mikel Arteta, man, even Arteta, my, my go, right? Which even Arteta is like I, I, I don't, I don't put him in the the, the same bracket as a Pep or a Klopp, right? yeah. Because he's still like you know, young. Like he hasn't won anything. Really yeah, he's still yet, a pretty yeah. young, relatively young coach and like everything, right? But so I don't, I don't appreciate those comparisons because I think that Ten Hag still has a lot to prove in the Premier League, right? But it's undoubtedly that that he has improved Man United. Now I, but my final thoughts are yes, his improvement has been overrated in my opinion. Yeah, I think. Basically, I mean, yeah, have Man United improved? Like, how much have they improved on the Ten Hag? Yeah, they have improved a bit. They are. The style of play they play is a bit better, but 
I don't think they've improved as much as many United fans think they have because, bro, and uh, they'll 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 deny it now. They'll say whatever. No, no, they know. Back in February, I was hearing shit of title talk, quadruple. Yeah. Weghorst coming out talking about, oh, we we are hungry to win the quadruple, all that shit. So no, no, many United fans definitely like went a bit too far. But yeah, they have improved, but not as much as a th- as like they would like probably claim. I think like overall, if I were to give it like out of ten, I think seven out of ten hogs so far this season is probably like a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't manage to win a trophy even though, you know, the fucking energy cup trophy. But it was, you know, still a trophy. They're comfortably gonna finish top four. You know, for about three hours and they were in a title ch- they were in a title, you know, race. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um Um you know how I actually wanted to come back to that that white horse comment because mm-hmm. uh Brahim did release a TikTok about it, which was kinda hilarious. The the hunger for the quadruple. Yeah. You know how like during Ramadan when you're fasting yeah. and then you have one bite after you break your fast, you're kinda full? Yeah. That's these brothers. These brothers have one bite of a carabao cup. And then they're and full. Then they're they, like, they don't want anything else. <laughs> you know, but before before they break their fast, they yeah. want everything. They're yeah. hungry, right? Yeah. They break their fast with the carabao cup and they're like, you know what? Is that, no, they're, yeah, no, I think um, going on to, like, does May Knight need a rehaul or something? They don't need a re- they need to get rid of, the the number one, the, the player who I think, like, is, like, symbolically represents basically the shit that yes. they've been the last four years, Harry Maguire, they need to bend him off in the summer. Mm, yeah, get I would him. also go as far as to say that De Gea needs to leave. Oh, no, if I'm May United right now, this is what I would do. I don't think they need a major rehaul, but they need a rehaul like this. So th- this is what I would do. I would put Rashford left. Yes. I put Rashford left. You put Bruno as a number. I would play like a four, I would play a uh, four three three formation mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So, I think the defense is cool. Like I think okay, you keep Varane, you keep Martinez. If you can maybe upgrade a bit on Luke Shaw, you do. If not, Luke Shaw's fine. And then I would say right back. Okay, you could probably keep Juan Bissaka or Dalo. I think yeah, like mm-hmm. that's fine. Shouldn't be too an issue. Too much of an issue. And if I'm United right now, I would look at maybe Mike Magna from AC Milan. You need mm-hmm. him. They they need a ball playing goalie. They need a ball-playing goalie. So I would look... That would be my number one target would be him. And then you go to the midfield. You have Casemiro as your DM. You have Bruno. And then you have uh, Ericsson. Then you have Rashford left. You got another striker. And then you put um, Anthony right. So they need a striker and they need a goalie. But on the bench, they need... Um, you, ge- you keep Sabitzer. You can keep Fred. Okay. Um, you keep Sancho. But they would need a backup striker. And they need probably... They need probably one backup center back, and they I need. Would, I would argue too. They need one or two backup center backs because if uh, because Lindelof you can keep, but then you get like probably another one or two backup center backs. One to replace McGuire, and then, and one then to another one exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, you would need basically. So yeah, if the rehaul, they would need. I think yeah, two center backs. They need a goalie. They would need uh, two strikers, a starter, and probably like maybe a backup. So that's already five players right there. And then I get probably like one midfielder in. You know some players that it might love to come to, to United? Mm. Like Vardio. Mm. Right? I think uh, he's overrated. Tamori. Right? Tamori, yeah, probably. Um, I look at him like for me, honestly, because if Tamori come to play as a backup, I don't think so. So no. like But why would you play him as a backup? Backup well, who? Well, Varane and Martinez, are you going to replace tomorrow? Varane, I'd play, yeah. You would replace Varane with yeah. him? Well, I did say, and, and, me, and, uh, and um, me and one of my friends who's a Man United fan, we did discuss this actually two days ago. Um, I've always thought Varane what, it has been overrated. Like, since his not, Madrid... Not, not his Real Madrid no. days, no. No, no, yeah, no. As a United player? No, no, in his Madrid days, yes. No, no. I think so. Because every time I watched him play without Ramos, mm. he was... Sh- and the thing is with Varane is that he's not a tech... He's not technically a good, like football player he's a good center back but technically 
I don't think like he's that great like in terms of passing, in terms of movement, whatever. For me, basically, if you put Martinez with like a Harry Maguire, Martinez with a Lindelof, Martinez stays fine. But I think if you put Varane with a Lindelof or Varane, or something like that, I think Varane would struggle. Varane needs someone to kind of hold his hand. Mm. I feel. At Madrid, it was Ramos, he and I meant partner. Yeah, like Varane for me, like every time I watched him at Madrid without Ramos. He, he's always shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, the game that like, pretty much epitomizes it is when they played Man City um, in the, what was around the 16th. Madrid played Man City in the round 16 in 2021. And Madrid lost 4-1 or 4-2 aggregate. And, like, three of the goals that Man City scored were Varane's full. Mm-hmm. Because Ramos was suspended that game. So, like, yeah. For me, Varane is somewhat uh, is somewhat overrated. Now, I don't know if... Yeah, would you replace put Tamori instead of Varane? I mean, maybe, but, like... I don't know. For me, like, yeah, the whole overhaul thing, yeah, I would say two center backs, probably one midfielder, a backup striker, and a striker, and a goalie. That's already six players right there. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but yeah. I think that you would call that a bit of an overhaul, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's probably like a decent yeah. overhaul. They need to sell a few players, too. They'd sell McTominay, Maguire. I'd sell, yeah, Wegors alone, so just send them back. Uh, Martial, I'd look to sell Martial. I'd give Sancho one more year. One more chance, yeah. And then if he's still not really, I'd bend him off probably in a year. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the only uh, the only dudes that like undisputedly I keep at Man United would be Martinez and Rashford and Bruno Fernandez, Fernandez and Casemiro. Yes. I think everyone else, it's, for the right yeah. price, you could probably, you could, you know, bend off. But I think the yeah. only undisputed ones you keep are Rashford, Martinez, Casemiro, and Bruno. Yeah, and so that moves on to our final question, which is, yeah. do you think Rashford has been overrated by the... Yes, I think he's good, but yeah, he is overrated. Because uh, <laughs> Rashford, like, and I've said this before, Rashford is not a smart player. He's a player that, like, basically, you get him in behind the defense because he has bare pace, he has skills, his finishing's pretty good. Yeah, okay, cool. But, like, in terms of, like, football intelligence, no, Martial, in my opinion, is streets ahead of Rashford when it comes to, like, footballing intelligence. But... Rashford is good, but yeah, he is overrated because in his best season, quote unquote, he's Mohamed Salah has better stats than him and a worse team. Mm. Gabriel Martinelli, who's like three or four years younger than him, um, has better stats than Rashford or has similar stats. And like, I think because they over rely on Rashford is the reason why he has like the stats he does and why he's been doing good this year because they're over relying on him. I think in like a, like you put Rashford in a in a Man City. I don't think he stands out that much. You put him at a at a. You might not even like, start him at Man City. Like I don't know. Like I mean, for nah, me, you probably would. You probably would. Like, like Rashford. Like I don't know. He he is good, but yeah, I think he has been overrated. Yeah. yeah. No, I I completely I agree. Obviously, you guys have your opinions. Leave them in the comments. Let us know what you think. DM us if you really hate us. Um, but that kind of wraps up what we want to talk about this week on this week's podcast. Mm-hmm. We love your faces. We love all your interactions. We love everything that you guys been doing. Uh, Barca champions elect. We're gonna win that league. Arsenal disappointing again. Yes. Fuck uh, you guys. Liverpool's coming for that top six, hopefully. Uh, and for all you uh, football fans, for all you soccer lovers, whatever you guys want to call it, if you guys have really, really been enjoying our podcast, mm-hmm. give us a thumbs up. Tell us what Subscribe you really think. Shit, DM, follow us on the follow socials. Us on the socials. They'll be in the description. You already know about all that. Uh, if you guys prefer to listen to our voices instead of seeing Brahim's beautiful face, then we have Spotify, we got Amazon mm-hmm. Music, and we got a- uh, Apple Music uh, for that. And on that note, Thank you, guys. Leave us your feedback in the comments for things that you want to see on next week's podcast. 
Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys wanted to get, you know, give us suggestions on some top tens, let us know as well. Mm-hmm. We're definitely gonna be start doing those in, in the near future because uh, summer's coming up, and uh, when when football or week to week matches kind of die down, we would be looking you need for to innovate, get more creative, innovate, so. get more creative. Yeah, so well, uh, we love your help on that. We love you guys so much. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace out.